You're listening to the Smash Your Unsealing podcast. I'm your host, Barbara Nixon, and I'm so excited you're here. This is a place for you to boost your confidence, become limitless, and grow like never before. Because there's one thing I know for sure, success begins with you. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Smasher and Ceiling podcast. Today we have the amazing Jackie Hill. Welcome, Jackie. Well, thank you very much. Delighted to be here. Well, I'm really, really happy that you're here on this very rainy Friday morning and we've both got our cups of tea and yeah, it's a bit cosy. I'm feeling quite cosy today. I don't know about you. Um, so Jackie, you're a member of my Smasher and Ceiling Academy. So we've known each other before then, but this is where we really kind of got to know each other properly, I think. Uh, would you agree? I agree, yes. And it's been an yes. absolute delight, and a delight working with you. Um, so that's why I wanted to get you on this podcast, because I think you've got a fantastic story to share that so many people will really resonate with and benefit from. So as with all of my guests, I ask everybody to pick a starting point in their life that you want to just... Um, kick us off and and just for us to kind of springboard from there so what's this point for you well this month this time 10 years ago um, is where probably my story starts in 2011 I was um, I was uh, working in corporate world and I had had a few tragedies you know my father had died various things had happened and I found myself quite burned out for one reason or another and I'd been told that I needed an operation not a not a major one nothing too exciting but it was still surgery it still needed still abdominal and it was still surgery and it kicked off a chain of events in my family that made 2011 pretty tough going um, I had to come out of work very quickly, hand over all my work very quickly in, within two weeks. I'd been on a major program of work. I'd had to hand it over very quickly. And I'd had to go, I went to stay with my mum who wanted to look after me. And my mum has, um, well, it was the best place for me to go, actually. I was living in a rented house. Um, it wasn't the sort of place where I really wanted to be poorly in. It was, you know three months, you know, six weeks off work and all that sort of stuff. So I, I went to stay with my mum. And uh, due to the stress of it, I didn't have the operation on the day I should have had it. I had it two weeks later. I caught a bug and they wouldn't operate. They thought I had norovirus or something. So they sent me home for two weeks. Anyway, during that time, I stayed with my mum. I stayed off work and they were very good with me at work. But my mum started to go downhill and she has um, episodes of clinical depression. So I ended up in a situation where I was staying with my mum and she couldn't cope with her daughter being ill because she looked at me to be the strong one and, the, you know, the strong one. And I, I suddenly wasn't able to, to do that. So we ended up in a horrible dance all over the year where I had my operation, but my mum ended up in psychiatric hospital. Um, and the operation, you know, my operation went fine. It was not nothing, you know, it was uncomfortable, but you know, it, it was just, it was an operation and it went all right. But in that whole year, the dance between my mom and I and the codependency between us to get her well and to get me well, it went, it, it just went on. 
And my mum didn't actually come out of psychiatric hospital until the October time. And in the meantime, I'd have to go back to work. And I'd gone back, I went back part time. I was working all over the country and um, I was I was just exhausted and also I was living in a house that whilst it was nicely done out it wasn't nurturing me in any way it was rented I'd sold my house three or four years before I hadn't found anywhere where I wanted to be so I wasn't really being supported and I didn't have um, a partner or you know so I was very much left on my own devices to to, to sort it out so it that's kind of where it started and after that I realized I couldn't keep going in the corporate world it was still three or four years later that I left um, but towards the end of uh, as my mum went through that process I realized I needed support it wasn't her it was me so I then put my hand up and I said you know I need some support here I needed some um, counseling mm -hmm. and fortunately they say that when the time's right the teacher appears and the right person appeared and then we started to do some digging and we went through the lot mm -hmm. I had I'd always known I needed counseling I never thought I needed coaching but I knew I needed counseling and uh, it went on and on and <laughs> it was such an interesting experience you know um, I found it fascinating to have somebody to talk to um, it was such an interesting process to see how all the layers came off and all the digging got done and, and I thought it had to fall apart but I didn't. Um, a friend put it not that long ago, he says you've just been slightly rewired haven't you, it's just been, it's all the same parts that have just been rearranged into different areas. I think it's a bit like taking an engine apart, you know, you go and sort of re-oil all the little bits and pieces and then put them back in again. And that was started this, the realization of how far I'd really just not looked after myself at all. I was just surviving and I was just hanging on. So that was where it started. Um, and, and that's uh, the anniversary of that's, um, well, actually, yeah, the operation was this March, 10 years ago. So that's where that happened and I stayed working and got better over time but I think eventually with corporate life my values and the way I was working and how I was working they were no longer a match I, I just had to do or find some other way. So it took me quite a long time to get through that process and I felt like I was in the trenches I just could not get out I just didn't I just felt everything was imploding on me and I was really struggling but valiantly fighting I felt like I was a hedgehog with everything all the all the little uh, soft parts were inside and I was just you know rolled up into a ball all the prickles on the outside and all the pain was on the inside and I thought just get me out I can't do this anymore so it was with some relief that I left in 2014 and for that I knew that I needed a sabbatical and I needed to take a, a good year out to decide what I was going to do after that and for that the main thing for me was I I just needed to be my own person I needed to be my own boss I needed to make my own decisions I 
I felt so compromised in corporate life that I felt that I was being shoved into a little box and being turned into something that I wasn't or always tried to be shaped into something different. And so that was, it was a, it was a relief to come out. And then it all came out physically. I couldn't, you know, my back had seized up. It came out physically. I couldn't, I just, I thought, wow, this is amazing. This is unbelievable. So then, it, uh, then I got to the point, well, what am I going to do for work then? So how, how's this going to happen? And I had been in corporate life. I'd gone in as a secretary and I came out as a, as a management consultant. And I'd never been to an interview and I hadn't done any of it. And I thought, wow, what am I going to do? But um, I was a project manager, so I knew about the contracting world. and worked with a lot of contractors. And so that was how I set myself up to be a contractor and that's how the that's how the business first started fantastic such a good um start to your story jackie so much in there and what i'm curious about i'm going to just go back a step if that's all right i'm really curious about what you said um obviously you left corporate which is fine but um you wanted to find you again you wanted um mm -hmm. You had these were these are my words, not yours. But you had to be um, centre stage, if you like. You had to, you know, really uh, look at yourself first. So what what did that look like for you? I know you had you you left with an inkling of doing that, but how did what was that? What did success look like for you in terms of finding yourself at that point? I don't think I realised just how much of me I'd given up. <clears throat> So I have a picture in my head, like when I left the job on the first on the first day, and I was driving home on the A1, doing seventy one miles an hour as you do in the fast lane, and uh, and I just remember thinking, wow, I've let somebody else drive my car. Mm. How you know it's been everything else's direction. You've let me. And I'm perfectly capable of driving my own car. Look at me. I'm in the fast lane of the A1. I've been driving since I'm, you know, 18. I, I'm perfectly capable of driving my car. I can direct it wherever I want to go. But somehow I'd allowed myself to be the passenger in my car. And, and I thought, well, that's, that's ridiculous. And to find myself in a situation where... I remember saying to my um, boss at the time, you know, I said, it doesn't matter how hard I try, I will never, ever fit into your suit. It will always look wrong on me. The darts will always be in the wrong place. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I will always be, um, you know, I'm a woman in a man's world. And, and I would say to my shame, I've probably forgotten how to be a woman in that sense, because I'd given up a lot of femininity. I think in some of that, mm. to not say that this is hard, or I felt like I was apologizing. And I know this is awful to say, but it's it's like saying, gosh, I've spent my life apologizing for not being a man. And really I should have been the best woman I could have been. It's mm. an awful thing to say, to think, you know, why couldn't I act more like the corporate wanted me to be, which of course is a more masculine element, isn't it? And it's like you know, why couldn't, why, why was I so emotional? Why was I, why had I shut down my emotions? Why had I allowed myself to be so compromised than the person that I 
I am. And I just lost sight of who she was. Mm. So here you were on the A1. Yep, the A1. Down thinking, um, I've let someone else drive my car. Yep. So how did you get back control? How did you get back behind the steering wheel once you'd left? Well, I've always been very independent anyway. So it was about saying what is right for me. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. It was, it was about doing the stuff that was less, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier, more creative, more intuitive, more... It was a side to me that I hadn't really explored. It was, it was silly. I, I'd, always, I'd always discounted it as being a bit fluffy. And I thought, well, I need to do a bit of fluffy stuff. You know, is it fluffy? You know, I started a huge journey of what I would call workshops on all kinds of things that I, you know, I'd gone to, I'd gone to yoga and thought, oh, this is a bit slow, you know, this is very fluffy, isn't it? You know, it needs to speed up and stuff. And I'd gone into meditation and things like this and I was disruptive and I was noisy and I couldn't sit on the mat. And then I, I just went to workshop after workshop of various things that um and i met quite a number of people actually i think i started working a lot more with women as well who mm. were kind of rescuing me and pointing me in the right direction so i thought See, I, I let this go i, I love that i look because i can relate i remember back in 2015 when um i'd closed my first business and i was about to start my uh, my current one with my coaching business and i felt like i'd lost my intuition um and I just felt like it was just completely gone and I'd always been quite an intuitive person and I couldn't hear it anymore so I had a whole year of uh I called it my year of yes where I did exactly what you've just described I literally said yes to lots of things so I went to yoga and I had you know all sorts of like my oh I could you know write a book on everything that happened that year but um I love the fact that you started exploring parts of you that you just that are just lay dormant that you just left that you know that you'd not touched yes and I think that some of the parts of that it's not just the corporate life as well mm-hmm. but a lot of it was my schooling as well that mm-hmm. had pushed away a lot of uh, the um well the intuitive as you know gone down more of an academic line um so for me i i just used to joke that if you could do this in yoga pants that was fine i'd have it i'd have it i'd go to these events I, I would say that my interest was my hobby was was workshops oh yeah not doing anything today what's this one about and i used to quietly think gosh these people are really into angels and wow really and they've seen white feathers i think well, this is a bit fluffy isn't it but there were things that i went to but I realized how much they were helping. And I realized the sense of community because I'd also been very isolated as well. My job had made me isolated. I'd been working in hotels a lot, not in hotels, sorry, work, living in hotels and working away from home. And I'd only ever come away, come home at the, week, at the weekends and my weekends were quiet. There was only me at home. Mm-hmm. So I was completely disconnected from a social life of any type. And I had no time to do you know, yoga or Pilates or take an evening course or anything. And they were big wins for me to just go to a class. Mm. 
so tell me more about this this journey that you went through then what what did you learn about yourself what did i learn about myself wow i learned how much i learned to follow my intuition a lot more i learned that my judgment was right my judgment was better I, I was always checking back on stuff i still do it actually but i knew i was right on various things and i knew what was right for me so i had a bit more confidence to to do that um i learned about myself i learned That's a difficult one. I learned about, I probably learned the negatives actually, how much I'd allowed my confidence to slip and how much I'd given over. Mm. Um, but I learned better about how to stand more in my power, mm. stand about. And that by being, when I eventually became self-employed, it, it allowed me to look people dead in the eye then. I think, come on, I know just as well as you do. I don't feel I feel equal and I am equal and I should be equal and at my age I ought to be equal so that's it and what did that feel like what did it feel like to finally feel like an equal oh it felt it felt great and you know it felt great and also to realize that um you know it was only me holding myself back it was my confidence that holds me back um And it made me feel tall, taller. Mm -hmm. Nice, I love that. Um, I love that it made you feel, actually feel taller. Yeah. So if somebody um, is listening to this and thinking, okay, I'm in exactly the same place. I completely relate to what you're saying. I appreciate that we, uh, you went and tried lots of different things and you gave yourself permission to explore different parts of you that you'd not, you'd not met before maybe, or you know, you'd just ignored or resisted could you is there anything that you would would say was um things that really worked for you to get you from that place of i don't i need to know myself better to a place of actually i'm, I'm equal i stand i want to, i'm standing in my power what were the in-between bits or the steps that you took well the big one that ran through it was the counseling and the therapy that was the that was the big one and it was about allowing myself at that hour a week to spend on mm. myself um and i think and really going inwards and and really querying what had happened to me and forgiving myself for some stuff as well yeah because one of the things my counsellor said to me is anything that's happened in your, in your today has a hook into your past and you need to follow that thread back down again. So I began to realise that some of the things that had happened to me that in some ways was like I beat myself up for. I started to forgive myself because I thought actually this goes back to here. I couldn't possibly have known. You know, some of these things happened when I was a child. Some of these things were... And, and to realise that I haven't had an easy ride of things. And so to answer your question, how did I build going forwards? I started to do other things. For example, I did mindfulness courses, um, which was another 
interesting element. I learned more. I, I learned more about, I started on the personal development books and things like that. And I started to read more about mindfulness and um, mental health and um, um, actually Maslow, I, I did a psychology course, things I'd never been through at school or learned at school and started to kind of forgive myself for stuff and as each item each thing got I started to look at each thing individually I sort of let it go there were so many anxieties that I was holding on to and fears that I was holding on to that I learned that if I held them for just a little bit and acknowledged them and honored them a little bit I could let them go and that has helped a lot. And then suddenly the neural pathways, if you like, my mind would go down an old loop and suddenly it'd end up in a full stop. And I think, oh, I've forgotten, it's gone. And so it was a question of release, I think, of a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Might not be quite where you were going with that, but it was just oh, a, a really all good, yeah. So I love um, the act of just forgiveness. You know, I think that's um, yeah. it's so powerful, isn't it? Just forgiving yourself, forgiving. And we're not condoning anybody, you know, their behaviour, but we're, we're just forgiving it and letting it go. Mm. It's not something that we're going to mm. carry around with us anymore. Um, so you're here, you're, you're, we've got to present day, Jackie. Mm. You're now unequal, you're standing taller. Mm. Um, tell me more about what today looks like for you in terms of how you find finding yourself so in terms of today and finding myself i think that uh, i'm at a very interesting i think it's a very interesting period that we're in now because it's post it's post-pandemic and well nearly aren't we at the minute and, as we're recording this is uh what month are we in now february 2021 february, february 2021 so so post-pandemic, I have to say that the, the, the pandemic's been quite interesting for me, probably because I've done the work that I've done through therapy and through all these workshops and everything else. To my amazement, I have actually coped with the, with the lockdown and pandemic far better than I thought. I haven't had the depression, I haven't had the anxiety. Maybe I'm in a better personal position than I was 10 years ago, and I am. But... Um, I'm amazed that I haven't had the anxiety. I actually see this as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. I, I see this as, a, as something that had to happen. And it's, uh, it's a great opportunity for the future. And I actually think that um, it's blown so much stuff out of the water. It's going to change us radically going forwards. And I think that that is fantastic for all the reasons that I've just mentioned before about corporate life and everything like that. It has to change. We have to put health at the top of the agenda now. We have stuff that, for example, you know, I thought I'd be retiring at 60. We all thought we'd be retiring at 60 or 65. I realise I won't retire. I realise that it's just moving on to a next stage. All these established things, you know, milestones that we have had set in our lives are blown out of the water. We can do whatever we want now. And and I'm hugely excited for that. And although I've painted a bit of a depressed last 10 years, my view is, well, how can I help people go forwards with this? You know, we've got the young people for the next generation of stuff and far be it from being over for them. I think, crikey, this is great. You're getting a completely blank piece of paper to work from. And 
you know, going forwards, where I am at with that is how can I help? How can I support people to do that? How can I support people's well-being by using my experiences to help them? You know, I just think it's a fantastic opportunity and, and I'm, I'm excited by it. And I have been right since the beginning of the pandemic. I know it's been tragic, but it, it is tragic. It, but it's, it's the change that we needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I love the fact that you're reframing it to make it much more of an opportunity. Oh, yeah. Um, and that you're really embracing that change, which is fab. Right, Jackie, we're going to change tack a little bit now. And I'm going to do oh, a quick fire round. This is um, where I literally ask you any questions that pop into my head no matter how random, and we'll just see what pops up. Um, so let's have a think. Um, Favourite hobby right now, what is it? Oh, well, that's been astrology. Mm. That's astrology. And that has been a newie for me because, you know, from everything I've just mentioned before, astrology, well, that's a way with the fairies, and I love it. It's been far more accurate than anything that's come out of the BBC or Downing Street. It's been brilliant. Love astrology. Fantastic. Um, when was the last time you really stretched yourself and did something that you didn't think you could? <laughs> well, that was probably that was probably when I uh, ran a new masterclass last year. Mm-hmm. That was pushing me because that has been something that again it, it, that's in. I embrace because it is the new ways of working, if you like. So I'm an old dog that's had to learn sort of new tricks sort of thing. So it's made me learn about the social media. It's made me learn about stuff in the background and the nuts and bolts of putting things together. So, for example, in 2000, uh, I pretty much, or maybe just before 2000, I pretty much put my feet up and didn't want to get on with the internet. And I remember my boss coming out of the room saying to me, you know, can you print this map off of this hotel on the internet? And because I'm going there. And I said, well, can't I just turn to page 89 of this book and photocopy it for you because it's a lot quicker. And I thought, oh, I don't want to go on the internet. It's too hard. I'm now at this point where, yeah, okay, I got over all of this. But now I'm having to start again and I'm looking at it again. Oh, I don't want to do social media. I don't want to do this. I just want to retire. Give it, you know, give up. And so it's pushing me into the next stage of the evolution. And, and we all need to keep moving forwards, even if some people like me go kicking and screaming. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm intrigued then. What do you do to get over that resistance? So when you are kicking and screaming, what, what are your, how do you actually get yourself out of it? Well, my default strategy is I probably drive myself over the cliff, actually, which I don't think is very healthy. And that is probably where my um, problem is, is that I will just, it's a little bit like I will just push myself Mm -hmm. over um, and make myself do it. It's like there's another head on my shoulders, if you like. It's, It's the one that it's the work head where there's a deadline and whether I like it or not, I'm going to have to make it over it. It's not that nurturing. I'd like to find a more nurturing way of doing it. Yeah. But yeah, I just drive myself off the cliff. Yeah, but it seems to work for you, which is, you know, well, it's, it's different ways. It's different ways of doing it. But I think, I think the other thing that I've learned um, from doing that exercise last, uh, you know, last year was the fact that, 
a little bit more preparation probably and an acknowledgement that I find some of this hard and again to realize where that comes from mm -hmm. and to allow myself to say yes this is hard yes it's okay it is fine it is a stage of a process I think that's something I have to learn it's not just throw yourself off the cliff it is a stages and the incremental stages will make me deliver it yeah yeah definitely it's all those tiny steps add up don't they okay last question then Jackie and I ask everybody this question have you had a um, particular book that's impacted you that you'd recommend to anybody else okay so the books that I have books say two mm -hmm, the books yeah. that I had was Brené Brown was a massive um, influence when I first found her um, I think I found her on her TED talk on vulnerability but you know she has daring greatly dare to lead I think it's called dare to lead, dare to lead I think dare to lead and she has that wonderful quote about the man in the arena mm -hmm. and um, I forget how it goes but it's the man in the, the arena it's the person that dares to stand in the arena time after time and get up and keep going and so she uh, she was it's been a big influence to me in making me keep keep going in all her many books of common sense and she also says that she's a texan and she's a fifth generation texan and she shoots from the hip and i think you know what you texans you like us yorkshire people because we're dead straight as well and we shoot from the hip we do we do and i, I love the fact that you call it uh, you described her books as common sense because that's exactly how i describe it it's just fab but it's straight talking common sense tells you what you need and it's brilliant so we will put um some links to brenny brown dare to lead i think the one that you chose what was the second book then you said books well, I had another book and it's called The Right Brain Business Plan by a lady called Jennifer Lee. And I picked this up in 2014 when I was looking at how I was going to work. And I think it was a big, I think, well, the book is pretty much written in, um, it's about how to design your business in a creative way and to use uh, your right brain as opposed to your left brain. So what I, I liked about it was there was no Excel spreadsheets about it. She called the finance book about, you know, managing the moolah. And it's like, okay, let's just turn all these words on their head and design something where, yes, it is a business plan, but, you know, I can do it in colored pens and pencils. It doesn't have to be on a sheet of A4. It doesn't have to have PowerPoint. It doesn't have to have this, that, and the other. I can get to the same thing, but I can crayon it. <laughs> and, and it just made me think, you know, think differently and, and acknowledge that there are other ways of doing things. Yeah, amazing I love that love that what uh, what did you say that last book was called the right brain business plan by Jennifer Lee Brill. we will put the link to that underneath this um, this podcast as well in the show notes so where can people find you Jackie they can find me mm-hmm they want to look you up where can they find well you? I'm on LinkedIn under Jackie Hill mm -hmm. my company is called Perigee Moon Limited is a, an evolving structure I'm working through uh, I'm working on resilience at the moment because what I really want to do is share what I've learned um, over the last few years particularly around how I managed the workplace well-being and how, how we can change with that but also the resilience and the things that I've learned 
along the way, not just over the last 10 years, but over the last many years brilliant fantastic we'll put all the links under on the show notes as well underneath this podcast jack it's been an absolute pleasure as always i've loved chatting to you um thank you so much for joining us thank you thank you so much for listening to the smash on ceiling podcast if you enjoyed this episode it'd be great if you could hit the subscribe button and leave a review as it helps me to reach a lot more people And if you know someone who will benefit from having a listen, please feel free to share. Have an amazing day and I'll see you next time.